This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. This is Bay Area Ventures on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Doug Collum. Um, Irina Yen, my co-host, is out today. She's taken ill. And uh, we're also making another switch here, which is instead of having the same guest for a full hour, we have, we've pulled out two students from Wharton's Venture Initiation Program. Our first guest was Philip Cortez with Novi Bank. And now we're going to bring on Eugenio Cafiero, who is the co-founder and CEO of Bear Flag Robotics. We'll get into the name in just a second. Anyway, Eugenio, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Doug. So what what is, I got to ask, What what where did you get the name, Bear Flag Robotics? That's California's yeah, flag, Yeah, California right? state flag. Um, got it, okay. I'm a California native, um, and my co-founder is, um, well, she's from Florida, but now is in California. We won't, well. we won't count yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what does Bear Flag Robotics do? So we're building autonomous technology for farm tractors. Um, we're making them self-driving, um, unmanned, and we're um, looking for our beachhead market to be orchards. So tree nut orchards, thinks, think like walnuts, almonds, pistachios. And that's a, that would be a start, and then you can get into lots of other different kinds of uh, crops exactly. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so that's a good start. Now we're going to talk about you for a few minutes, which cool. is uh, um, – we know from the beginning of the program that you are also a product of the Venture Initiation Program Correct. here at, yeah. at Wharton, San Francisco. Yeah. But before that, before any of these things happened, what did you do in your in your real life? Yeah, I mean, um, professionally, I've been an engineer. Um, I met my co-founder, Aubrey, um, uh, about a decade and a half ago at Carnegie Mellon undergrad. Um, she was a mechanical engineer. I was electrical and computer. Um, but from there, um, I spent... Um, the rest since then um, as an engineer, software developer um, in uh, in various companies, but also on the side, I've loved building things. So I love, I built race cars, race trucks. Um, I like building things with metal. I have a small, a modest machine shop in my garage. Um, and so Bear Flag Robotics applying um, you know, technology to industrial equipment is right in my wheelhouse. This is uh, this is what I was born really? to do. And you're, and you're from California? From the Bay Area, so, yeah. So how, I don't get that. So you don't have any particular life grounding in farming or agriculture but you you're gravitating toward this area yes yes and no um so we got to bear flag robotics in a sort of roundabout way my uncle-in-law um is a sole proprietor of a rock quarry in oregon yeah um and i was first introduced to the labor problem that are facing farmers um, through his operation um, he has all this equipment on his land trucks that are paid off and he can't find the guys um, to drive them either they're too expensive or not available um, and and so, how do you know all this? Because you spent some time up there. Yeah, right as um, um, as the time at my last company was winding down, I was at um, I was at Cisco, and I was getting ready to leave, and so I was spending a lot of time up there in Oregon, visiting my wife's family, and I love running equipment, I love being outside, and so I was spending time in, in Tom, really? yeah. Tom's Rock Pit. Um, Whereabouts in Oregon? So they're in the Willamette Valley. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, out of uh, Lebanon, Oregon. They also make great wine, by the way. It's true. You probably don't know anything about well, that. I drank the beer when we're up oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, bring us back to California. So yes. You, so, so, you, so you worked at Cisco. Yes. Well, so at Cisco, Cisco was winding down. I was in the Wharton School thinking about what to do next. Yeah. Um, 
and and I was talking to Tom, and as sort of just a placeholder, as a as something to be interested in. Sorry, I, who's Tom? My uncle who oh, owns okay. Rockpit. Yep. And I, I said, Tom, we can we can make these trucks drive themselves. I, you know, I've, I've read about them doing these things in like Utah, Australia, and mines there. Um, I, I think we can do this. And so I came back to my garage in Palo Alto and started building the first prototype. Um, and right around that time, I was introduced to a classmate in the class behind us at Wemba, um, who not only her family not only owns um, rock quarries, but they also own farmland in Central California. And she, um, we got put in touch, and she, she said, "Eugene, I know what you're working on. I mean, it's a good idea, but truly, like you owe it to yourself to come visit our orchard in Wheatland, California, um, and learn more about the problems that we're facing. I, th- I think, um, I think, I, I know that we need you badly um, in these orchards, um, and and I." Uh, initially, I was like, "Well, you know, thank, thank you, but I'm, I'm focused on on this problem over here." Um, but she she kept she kept urging me to come she out. She was and, insistent. Yeah, she was insistent. And I love learning. Yeah. Um, and so went out and spent a day in in Wheatland. Where, um, where is Wheatland, by the way? It's a, it's about 45 minutes north of Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. So it's a hike out there. Yeah. Um, but on that day, I was introduced to the the whole problem set that these growers in California are facing. Um, and my co-founder and I, Aubrey is my co-founder. Aubrey and I spent. Um, the next six months, basically all of last summer, just going around California, talking to growers, different types of crops, um, talking to farmers all over the country, um, being involved with different organizations, going to different conferences, and understanding exactly how this labor problem affects different growers in California in different ways. So, so I'm going to ask kind of the, the overarching question. What There's a need. What I'm hearing is that there's a big sucking sound in the market. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So what? talk about that. So... Um, when you when you think of the agriculture labor problem, what often gets a lot of attention is um, the harvest labor. Um, so this is seasonal, um, and it's picking often specialty crops. So think like broccoli, strawberries. Yeah, backbreaking um, stuff. Yeah, very hard work. Um, and there's a whole category of companies aiming to solve those specific pain points. Um, so you know, be it harvesting strawberries or um, be it um, harvesting lettuce or weeding lettuce, etc. Um, what we identified is a different problem in agriculture, which is these, this full-time equivalent. So full-time employees. Um, and these are the guys that you have year-round that know the know the operation, that know how to run the equipment. And they're dependable guys. Um, and they're, they're becoming harder and harder to find and harder and harder to keep on board. Um, there's this there's this misconception that um, if you own a farm and, and some guy leaves or walks off, that there's just this like revolving door of guys ready to like come in and, and get behind the wheel of a tractor and drive. And it's just, it's just it's not, not true. true. Yeah. It's, um, the growers we talk to are paying astounding prices to to keep the best guys around because those are the guys that know the operation. They're easy on the equipment, and they can trust them, and, and there's a yeah. lot there. It's hard. To, you can't just replace these guys. So, Gino, another question for you, which is, you know, you're jumping into an area where you have huge, iconic companies that are spending millions, if not billions, on developing driverless technologies for the consumer market. Absolutely. So, so what makes you think that you – and your team are going to be able to develop driverless technology for tractors, which I assume is a fairly complex equation in itself. It's it's a complex and distinct issue. So um, I don't I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole on okay. technical. Yeah, but okay. the the main thing that the that we know and we've identified is that um, orchards orchards need um, automation um, as far as machine operating labor. Um, worse than anyone else, it's twenty five percent of their operational expense um, is machine operating labor. That's oh wow a four billion dollar cost in the U.S. Um, annually just for laborers in orchards. Yeah, not to mention other crop verticals. Um, the other thing too, and and this is why we think orchards are particularly interesting, is because um, if you think of an orchard, it's trees planted in rows, 
And what happens in is straight lines, straight lines, but the leaves and the branches from these trees come over the tops of the rows. Right. And so precision guidance in other types of crops, um, you see this in big fields that relies on a strong GPS signal to keep the tractor going straight. They just don't work in these orchards. Oh, okay. And so you need something different. Um, we need to use a different set of sensors in order to be able to drive up and down these roads dependably and reliably. And that's the technology that we're really driving for. So, um, this is a segue into the next question, which is where where are you as a company in terms of uh, how far along in the, the developmental phase are you in terms of these various uh, components? Yeah, so we're, we're a young company. Um, we closed our pre-seed um, in the fall of last year. So when was the company organized? So Aubrey and I have been talking about this um, for about a, a little over a year now. Okay, um, yeah. Um, we 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 got to chatting in uh, I guess it was probably March of 2017. So still very early days. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's when we started doing yeah. um, product market fit, making sure that we're building something useful. And I can't I can't emphasize that enough. Like it's just so important to know that what you're building is helping people in a way that they need to be helped. And um, you know that because you've been out plotting oh through a goodness. bunch of farm fields. Yeah, and I mean we spend uh, <laughs> a lot we, of time. We spend a lot of time standing <laughs> in circles. Um, in people's equipment yards and their orchards on their farms, talking to them about um, what their operations and, and where their pain points are. And the theme is, if you build it, they will come. Is that kind of what well? Um, you, you know, you more more you want to build right into their pain point. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure that that what we're doing um, is is something that's useful to them. And and also too, when you think of building a building a product, and it's especially true in a hardware product where development is so expensive, but what what truly is the minimal viable product? And we talk about this a lot. What is what is your MVP? Sure, like a machine that can do everything all the time, and like can, um, you know, like water the crops and and spray and mow and harvest at the same. That, that's that's the great. But like, what what can we deliver? What's the minimal thing we can deliver that people are willing to that pay is for? Essential. Yeah, yeah, and boiling that down and figuring out exactly um, what the nuts and bolts of that product are, and going precisely to that. So, Gino, come back to my original question, yeah. which is what is the current state of play with the company? Right. Early so, days, you've been around for almost a little more than a year. Um, yeah, so we closed our we closed our pre-seed in the fall, and that's when we brought on our first um, first guys, incredible guys from Davis, PhD in computer vision. He was working on ag robots, and that's, that's when the product took off. So to answer your question directly, we have a tractor um, which can do the tasks it needs to do. Already? Oh, you yeah, have a prototype. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go on. Check out our website. Um, Bearflagrobotics.com. Okay, like yeah. to put a visual yeah. with it. I don't mean to. I don't mean to plug us on this no, show, but fine. like it. It is a good visual. Um, and so the um, the the process of the next eighteen months is really to take this prototype um, to a production uh, production ready machine um, that we can either use to do work under our supervision in the early days, yeah. um, but obviously working towards ultimately leaving um, that tractor with customers, so that we empower them to do the work themselves. So for people who are just joining us. Um, we're listening, we're talking to Agino Cafiero, who's the co-founder and CEO of Bear Flag Robotics. Great name. I do like the name. It has a ring to it. And we're talking about um, driverless technologies for tractors in, in agriculture. So, um, you know, I'm mindful of the fact that the people listening to the program may not understand all the vernacular that you and I throw back yeah. and forth. What's the difference between a pre-seed financing and a seed financing, and maybe you might as well talk about an institutional round of financing. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we were, you were talking in the last half an hour, last half hour with Philip about, you know, um, back in the day, um, your first real outside fundraiser would be the Series A. Um, but now the, um, I, I guess the landscape is um, your, your um, companies can raise 
what's called a pre-seed, um, and that's anywhere from you know uh, basically like twenty-five or fifty k up to maybe let's say like a million, yeah. maybe north of a million. Um, and Aubrey and I were able to raise that um, with a prototype um, and um, with a, with a, a strong vision of what we wanted to do. Um, we had the credentials, um, you know, engineering background to make it seem somewhat plausible that the two of us could pull a team together to do this. Um, but really, it was based off this vision. We we understood this problem. We had unique insight to the problem. Um, we had this very basic prototype, and we were able to go raise our pre-seed. So the notion is you're that. kind of testing, um, if you will, the technical viability of, of the business plan. Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Where, so where does the seed fall in? Is that more – I mean – So I, once again, I, I, I don't have the statistics, so don't keep me – That's okay. Don't hold me to I'm, this. I'm but not, the, seed, yeah. the seed round is a little bit bigger than that. Um, it's also from, say, like you can call it anything from 50K, maybe up to like – um, three to even I've seen seed rounds like six, seven million dollars. So like these are like astounding. Yeah, yeah. No. But like, don't, like I don't know what the what, what the, the statistics yeah. on these yeah. are like anecdotal. Yeah. What I've seen among peers and and other folks I know. Um, but that that's really designed to take you to to Series A and and what Series A looks like for a company like the like us is revenue. Um, showing showing that what we've built, what, yeah. what we've what we've said we would do, and what we have done yeah. is something worth um, the the customers are open, willing to open their wallets and, and pay us for because it is valuable and because it yeah. helps them. Um, with that, the 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 idea of a Series A is that you you've proven out these things, you prove that the tech works, you prove that the customers want what you have, and the Series A money, which can be you know anywhere from uh, you know like much north of the numbers I just said before. Sure. Um, that that really proves out um, that that's that's so you can scale the business. Um, that's so you can you can really. So take the notion level. is, I mean, stepping back away from the financing world and back into the world of operations and and product development, you have a prototype. You can go on the website. You can see this thing marching up and down yeah. the rows. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So where do you see in terms of again looking upon you as a founder a co-founder and a ceo yeah. kind of what do you see as the next challenge or the next milestone for the company how do you th- is that how you think in terms of step function progress or is it more of a linear path um you, you know some some things are step function like fundraising yeah. um, and some things are are more linear um like uh, technical milestones recruiting um, yeah. different metrics that, that we have in the team um one of the the metrics that we're really focused on right now is increasing autonomous miles driven. Um, we see that as a metric that that pushes us forward. So what we have right now is this prototype um, that works, um, and we have a um, a certain set of a number of interrupts, and we sort of know where it gets caught up, and so we're working to to improve those edge cases. But by and large, this, I mean this thing works. You can you can have it mow or spray your field um, as is. Um, what we're working on now is adding miles to it, so we can say yes. We have confidence that this working out the kinks. Yeah, this machine will this machine will work and it will run dependably, um, in, in a way that that helps you, the the customer, the grower. And so, at some point, I'm just kind of feeling my own way here. <clears throat> You've got a single machine that's a prototype. It's it's got enough autonomous miles that you feel like it's pretty much worked out most of the kinks. Where, where do you go next after that? Do you buy multiple machines? Do you do you create a beta? And in fact, do you create some find some farmers who are willing to test drive this thing out in their crops or it's exactly right. So yeah. one of the, um, happily we have, um, a, a nice, you know, um, modest list of, of growers that, um, truly, and I, I don't mean this like as hype, but they can't wait to see the tractor in action um, on, on their farm. And so, um, the next step we have, a, we have a big demo coming up at Forbes Ag Tech and Salinas at the end of the month. Um, and so a lot of 
technical milestones are, are going to get hit by then. And from are there, you going to have your, your tractor out oh, there? Oh, yeah. Come check it out. Really? It'll be in Salinas. Yeah. Um, cool. But, uh, yeah, and then from there, go out and start doing jobs um, on, on these new customers' farms. Um, um, yeah, it'll be under our supervision um, because we're, the tractor is not at a place where it can be left alone. But as we start doing these jobs and increasing the fleet um, to um, more tractors so we can start getting some economies of scale there, one person can monitor four or five tractors um, doing the jobs. And we start to um, not only um, build trust in our own systems, um, but also start to actually scale the capability of what we're able to do. Um, and that puts us in a really strong position. So it sounds like, again, I'm just kind of parroting back to you what you told me, which is you've been out, you and Aubrey have been out in the farm fields of California talking to a bunch of pro- prospective customers. Yeah. And they're all nodding vigorously and say, you know, if you build this thing, we're, we're definitely, yes. you can consider us as possible customers. Yes. That's fine for the for the farmers. Now, if you turn around and look toward the fundraising process, do you have, a, again, I'm just kind of, um, I'm uh, throwing out platitudes here or or just a, a little bit of a devil's advocate. Yeah, for sure. Is, you know, agriculture doesn't sound like uh, technology. It doesn't sound like a sexy s- storage medium. It doesn't sound like uh, artificial intelligence. It doesn't sound like a lot of stuff that is, you know, the hot buzz these days. Yeah. Are there investors around who will invest in a agriculturally oriented technology like what you guys are talking about? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll concede that not all investors will. Um, certainly, there's, yeah. certainly it doesn't have a, a, um, a um, you know, appeal to every, doesn't have every the same single buzz, investor. Right? Yeah. Um, that, that being said, the, the, the investors that are interested really do get it. Um, and we've, we have incredible investors already on the team. Um, are these, inv- I mean, just to ask the question, are these the same, some of the same investors that are doing the high tech deals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. this is not a separate category of investors you're going to find out in in Salinas, California, or in Modesto. These are people here in the San Francisco yeah, Bay so, Area. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, we have um, investors who are focused in mobility, um, more generalists, um, early stage investors, um, and then a, a number of angels too um, from from uh, several from the Wharton network as well. Yeah, and, but yeah. back back to your point though about like being outside and and this is sort of this is something that we play into right as and recruiting in autonomous vehicles is notoriously difficult even even more difficult than I assumed it would be um, starting this company is mm-hmm. one of the one of the hardest things to do one of the things that frankly sets us apart our success in recruiting um, has has helped us out so much but um, we do spend a lot of time outside we spend a lot of time in fields um, we have a we have an RV that we go out we take the RV out and we have a so it's a mobile office, and we can we can work on bugs and stuff in the RV and go test in the field. Um, but that that appeals to a certain type of engineer and a certain type of personality. Yeah, certainly certainly for me and Aubrey, that's that's the highlight of our week is being out there and getting out of the office and going and like doing something. And you, it's it's rewarding. You get out there and you realize that like, man, we're solving real problems. Yeah. This is this is something that people will use, and the only limitation is how quickly we can make it work. Um, and that's that's really exciting. That's cool to be out there. Yeah. I think that's great. So I mean, now focusing on you. Um, you're the CEO of the company and it's still early days. It's a very, it's really three of you, you guys. Is that right? Oh no. So we brought on, um, so there's five of us total now. Yeah. So it was, which includes the, you and Aubrey as co-founders yeah, and, then, and the, then three employees. Yeah. Three, three guys on the team as and well. You've yeah. got a payroll and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, man. People, it's, yeah. It's not a charity. You are moving. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have another advisor too, um, who's particularly, um, pretty well known in the AV space as well. And he comes in and helps us. Um, so how do you like the CEO stuff? 
it's cool, man. Um, it's still early days, but, but yeah, that's you know, it, it, it's it's funny, Doug. I'll, I'll, I'll quick digression here. I was talking to a friend a couple of years ago, and I was like, man, you know what I really want to do is get like a five or six person startup, and um, I want to be like a product manager, and I want to talk to customers, and I want to define products, and I want to work with engineers to solve problems. And he's like, man, that's the CEO's role. Um, <laughs> so if you want to do that, you better start a company. Um, so do you? I mean, only a year has passed, but I mean, do you lie awake at three in the morning and think shit this could be a huge mistake or do you think god this is such no a it's not a, it's not a mistake yeah. um it, it, it's 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 not a mistake i i constantly want to verify that we have product market fit i want to make sure that um, every, everyone on the team knows what we're doing what the vision is yeah. things, things like that and um I, I see so much growing in the team like of course i've grown immensely just in the last you yourself 12, 12 18 months yeah of course i have um but, you know, I, I don't mean to speak for Aubrey, but I imagine she has too. And we see in the team members too. Like people are stepping up, taking on new roles, getting outside of their comfort zones. Like um, it, it's cliche, but like, you know, growth happens outside of comfort zones. Yeah. It's, and it's true, right? Every day is a new challenge. Um, and and learning learning to, to grow more in those situations um, has really helped us. I mean, not to belabor the point, but that focus will swing in your direction as well, which is are you able, will you be able to scale with the organization? If you plan for success and good things happen, I mean, oh, oh, you know. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, we, we have to, by, by necessity, Aubrey and I talk about this a lot. We talk about, you know, our short, medium and long-term goals and making sure um, that, that we're thinking about this company in the, in the timeline that we need to. I mean, this is a, this is a seven or 10 year endeavor. Um, we're not, it's not a photo sharing app that we can yeah. sell, you know, next, you know, next couple of quarters. Like we're in this for the long haul and thinking about how you grow an organization and who you bring on um, to help you grow that organization is, is really important. So absolutely. Yeah, have you done hiring before you jumped into yeah. this role? Yeah, absolutely. And so it was kind of a, is an exercise that you were familiar with. So yeah. you've hired the, you and Aubrey have hired the first three, three folks. Yeah. Um, we've, um, you know, you know, it's in Silicon Valley. There's so many talented people, and so it becomes less of um, whether someone has the technical chops, and certainly that is an important part. Don't don't get me wrong, but also like if they have the fit, um, and if they have the passion to to really drive this company forward. Um, and uh, one of um, one of my biggest tests, like okay, the person checks out from a technical perspective, they check out from uh, you know vibe on the team perspective, but like would I trust this person to make the next hiring decision without me? Um, and if, oh wow! That's and if the answer is yeah. no, then like unfortunately, like. This isn't the the fourth or fifth person at Bearflag. Um, that person might perhaps come in down the road, but truly, like um, um, you know, once again, like getting the right people in the room that that will make the right decisions for the business yeah. um, is is really important to us. Uh, last question, which is, we've got about thirty seconds. Um, what what would you offer in the way of wisdom to people oh, who God. are aspiring to be entrepreneurs? Um, Just I, a short snippet of of information. Yeah, I mean. Um, Certainly, I speak from like a, a small microcosm experience I have, but um, part of um, part of this journey has been um, meeting other successful entrepreneurs and having mentors. And um, entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes, and and different personalities and different um, leadership styles and different levels of expertise. But the the one thing I've noticed to be true is they all um, they all have incredible perseverance. Um, startups are not um, linear up and to the right; they're uh, you know they're up and down. Um, they're all over the place, um, and, and perseverance is what you need. Agino, we're out of time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doug. So we've been talking with Agino Cafiero, CEO and co-founder of Bear Flag Robotics. 
This is Business Radio on Powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM Channel 111. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 